0: Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the You're Still Out Golf podcast. I am your host, JT. Want to welcome you in after a week's hiatus. Had to uh, recharge the batteries. Not sure I did a great job of that, but after the 18th annual congregation up at Boiling Springs, took a lot out of me, took a lot out of the squad, and so um, hope you enjoyed having a week off from the You're Still Out crew while we recharged our batteries. A guy who really never gets to recharge his batteries, our guy Jeff Wagner, up at Boiling Springs Golf Club, GM, Superintendent Extraordinaire. He is sponsoring this congregation recap pod via Boiling Springs Golf Club. As we've talked about for the darn near entirety of 2023, the stay and play package at Boiling Springs is something that you absolutely need to take a look into. If you go to BoilingSprings.com and click on Stay and Play Package, you will see that you can play unlimited golf at Boiling Springs, where, of course, one round is never enough, and stay in the lovely Candlewood Suites right there in Woodward. Get this, $80 if you and a buddy go together, $110 uh, for a single occupancy, and very, very well worth it. I think that uh, we have some new congregation converts to the gospel that is boiling springs uh, if you have not been out and sampled the sandbelt gym or if you haven't been back in a while would encourage you to do that again go to boilingspringsgolfclub.com click on stay and play package if you in the additional instructions enter yso golf in those in that field excuse me we will hook you up with a limited edition co-branded Whittling Springs You're Still Out hat. This will be the last promo for those co-branded hats. So get involved and get involved quickly. A little bit of run a show here for the pod. Going to sit down and chat with 2023 Congregation Champion Jeff Heiliger, a.k.a. Cliff Kingsbury. You might remember him from the Kong preview. I would highly suggest you go check out that episode where we have a lot of fun breaking down the field. Tell you all the things we got wrong. Absolutely. We'll then uh, talk with probably what's becoming a regular contributor, Darren Reed, kind of about the proceedings at the Kong. He'll break things down and give us his thoughts. And then on the back end, we'll talk a little Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup has come and gone since we were last with you. And then also the Corn Ferry finalist who received PGA Tour cards via their top 30 finishes at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. That is locked in. We will cover a little bit of that. Going to be a jam-packed episode. Sit back, turn up the dial, and uh, let's talk some golf. The first part of that talk is going to be, again, with uh, Jeff Heiliger, 2023 Congregation Champion. Uh, Jeff, i got to ask you right off the bat, is this your first time to be interviewed on a podcast? It is,
1: yeah. It's <laughs> very interesting. I, I don't live uh, much of an entertaining life,
0: but uh, here we are. Well, I thought if you had been on a podcast, it might be about like reinsurance, things of that nature, maybe parenting, but uh, maybe maybe not a golf podcast just yet. Exactly. Well, let's get into it, man. I know uh, you were very, very excited. I think that uh, if I may say so, a very popular champion of the Kong discussed on the preview pod, your your long running status in the Kong let me ask you this I don't even think I put this on the the questions list but just tell me about your I don't know upbringing in golf in general like when did you start playing when did you kind of start playing more regularly just give us the the regular old background in golf answer
1: yeah yeah so that's a great question um, unfortunately I didn't pick up the game until after college um, so soon after college was over we're towards to telling in there me and another um, uh, Kong uh, participant Ryan Kiger. We we started playing a lot of golf um, at Lake Hefner. <laughs> and um, we played there. And then, um, you know, as life goes on, kids, family, dogs, uh, it slowed down. And so just try to get out there and play as much as I can. And, um, you know, I, I've always enjoyed the game and, um, well, you know, tr- try to get better each year. So, It's been, that's kind of my, the short version of of my golf career.
0: I didn't even know that. dude. I didn't know that you had to start (laughs) playing since after college. I mean, and, and you're, you've been, you graduated college, what, probably in the like 2004 range. Am I, am I right? Close. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Okay. So it's been, uh, it's still, it's been a while since then, but a lot of folks start playing earlier than that. So uh, to be to be yeah, a Kong yeah. champion after starting that late, I mean, it's impressive stuff. Thank you, I appreciate that. Late late, <laughs> late bloomer. Um, all right, well, talk us through kind of your congregation history. Again, kind of at this point through a little bit of attrition. Uh, in addition to your longevity, you've uh, kind of one of the longest running members of the Kong. So talk about how you got involved in playing. I want to say it was in 2013 and then, um, just walk us through kind of some uh, ebbs and flows of, uh, the competition from your perspective. Yeah.
1: So I got, I got an invite through, uh, um, somebody got married, a friend of a friend and I got that initial invite and it was like, Hey, come down to Stillwater and, um, play this golf tournament, a bunch of good guys, you know, we do this Calcutta, you know, and I never done anything like this in my life. So, I was very intrigued, and so we go to Stillwater, played some pretty tough courses there, and um, you know, kind of fell in love with the whole process. And and you know, we, I think that first year we did it was kind of a, uh, we did the Calcutta first, and then we did like a putting contest. And um, I think I, I think I got second place and almost won that um, that first year. So again, I kind of caught the bug, and then. Throughout the years, I just kind of steadily had that on the calendar. And as as we all know, if it's off the calendar for the family, you may never go again. So I just kept putting it back on the calendar. And um, we had, I think it was 2015. We played in, um, I think it was Lincoln. Yeah, Lincoln played pretty good. I, I practiced a ton before we played that that event, and uh, went down to the wire. And I thought I had, um, thought I had that one in the bag, but I kind of it slip away with a. a an arid chip and um my competitor john zimmerman making a pretty good putt coming back up the hill uh, to tie me on that first playoff hole and then on the second playoff hole he just he just hits the perfect tee shot on his par three and um he basically two putts that for the win if i I recall and um i kind of let that one slip through my grasp and uh it's been kind of rocky, rocky road <laughs> since then. <laughs> <end. laughs> and, and, and as this thing has progressed, I think we all would say that you know, the competition has gotten stiffer each and every year. Um, well, I think there's a lot of mid handicaps to high handicaps. Initially it's, it's slowly turning into a very low, <laughs>
0: low handicap <laughs> tournament. So, but it's been fun. A couple of things there. One, I always like to think through when maybe a, a new listener joins the podcast and 2015 when you had that close call I want to say that was our third or fourth year of the current format or one that's similar to the current format where we would play these six matches and then the top two or three guys would end up in this kind of shootout playoff which is what you were alluding to there and uh, same thing this year you know six nine hole matches leading to uh, whoever had the best records again, top two guys and ties make it into that shootout. So a little bit of context for listeners there, and then also with your comment about how the the competition has gotten stiffer with with some lower handicap guys starting to play, I think in addition to that, I think all of the, the guys from from way back have also gotten better. And I, I don't know if that's because we are you know we're playing more, we're taking it more seriously, or maybe a little bit of man, like there's some really good players playing in this. I got to at least do a little bit of practicing. So I think that's a couple good, good takeaways there. And so that's, a, yeah. I think a good segue to, to your game. Right. And what, what clicked for you at the Kong? If I, if I remember right, you're coming in at maybe like a, like a 12 index, which popped up to a, to a 15 course handicap from the tees we were playing. What was different? How about this? in your game at the Kong that allowed you to play well, score well, and ultimately win matches uh, that maybe uh, that hadn't normally been, been clicking. What, what was the strength?
1: Yeah. So my game's kind of like strikes and gutters. Uh, Evan flows and I have to kind of get out of my own head and um, going into it on Wednesday, the week before I go to a little practice range um, session. And so I'm kind of working my way through my clubs and I, I hit my old trusty plywood and the first swing is the ball and it just flies halfway down the driving range and i'm like that can't be good um as we all know uh boiling springs number one is a short part four and that's kind of the club to hit and that, that course is a little bit shorter um in general so that was kind of my my go-to club that was a hand-me-down from my dad it was like you know an old ping isi tech if anybody like a golf nerd and know that they anything about those clubs, but anyway, so I'm scrambling to find a club. So I go to the Bay, the bay uh, golf galaxy home plug for them. Um, and uh, I, 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 buy this new, this new five wood. And I'm like a little bit concerned. I haven't hit it in competition or even, you know, on any type of practice round. So, so I had that. And then I just spent a lot of times chipping, and just getting trying to get my rhythm in the chipping game, um, in that practice session. So typically at this course, as we all know, it's a bit quicker than most of the courses that you play, like, you know, at a municip- municipal, uh, course. And, um, for me, I, it's, it's about staying in the fairway, not giving up those, those holes and, you know, blading a chip or ducking a chip and just like losing my momentum or, or my, my mental game. So, um, I didn't hit the ball great the first day off the drive, off the tee, but like I wasn't losing balls and like, um, I guess losing my, my focus. So I just kind of plugged along the first day and the second day, you know, I really had to start relying, you know, on just not, you know, just really just try to hit the ball, just like a fluid, a fluid swing. I really tried to uh, slow down the backswing. Um, one thing I had a little bit of a tip, from uh, a colleague of mine. And, uh, he basically told me, he said, at a dress, take your club and put it in, in a catcher's mitt. And I just kind of kept that simple swing thought. And it just helps me not, it helps me just stay, I guess, on plane essentially. And I just really try to do that and keep it simple. And, um, you know, um, just have the good vibes and, and just make sure it's fun to play with me. And, uh, you know, um, just try not to, just try not to give up hold and, um, for no reason and just make everybody have to work to beat me. So that was kind of my mindset, uh, through the process. So, and one other thing I was going to mention is that going back to that, five wood, I I started bringing that out off the tee box and I hit it a couple of times and I just really got confident with it. So every time I was on the tee box with that, I knew I was going to just hit one down the middle, be in good shape. And again, it was, we were playing the whites that second, that second that uh, I think is the last um, match. And, um, you know, I just was like 100 yards in on every shot. So I just got a rhythm of knowing those yardages and feeling comfortable, knowing the course a little bit better. And, um, you know, m- just trying to, you know, make sure you two-putt everything.
0: Well, for those who haven't been to Boiling Springs, it is crucial to have a club that you feel confident with off the tee. Because if you are not in the fairway, uh, you're, in, you're in deep trouble, and being able to rely on that had to be a huge confidence booster. Now, you know, again, I said we play six matches. I believe that you ended up getting uh, five points out of those six matches to get you into that playoff. Was there one match in particular that was a particular struggle, uh, challenge? Uh, just take me kind of, you don't have to take me through all six of your matches, but maybe a highlight or two from from the guys you squared off against.
1: Yeah, so uh, first rattle out of the box, first match, um, Bryce Newton. Um, this this kid, he hits the mile. He, he chips everything within two feet, uh, you know, and, and just a really good guy. And uh, he just, like, he just worked worked me and uh, I had nothing, nothing I could do to beat that guy. But, you know, what? I just, like, it was kind of, like, set the tone where it's, like, okay, you know, got some tips and tricks and just kind of watched what he did and and, uh, just was like "All right, now I can just move on and uh, (laughs) focus on some other folks but um, the the last day I I, I loved our our pairing I played John Zimmerman which I was like very concerned about because he's a I I believe he's a two to three time champion and um, again hits the ball a mile very consistent um, and and, and good uh, guy to play with as well and um, that was the i was starting to kind of feel it when i played him and i could tell uh you know that i was like hmm i can kind of put this thing together i didn't really focus in on where i was in the whole totality of the tournament or anything like that but i was like if i can have a good showing against him just kind of you know i can feel good about how i played this weekend um and then i the very last match until i we played and, uh, straight up, you were like, I'm taking you down. and uh, <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, I know I, you played me tough and I had, there's a couple holes there. I think you had me. And, um, I just kept on scrambling. And I think if I recall, you had a couple of shots where, I mean, you just hit these balls so clean that it was like, you hit, almost, you hit it too well. And it was, uh, and it got you a little bit of trouble, which kind of helped me. But, uh, it was a great like tune up to try to do the playoff, <laughs> just playing a couple good players and knowing I was hitting some good shots and putting the pressure on everybody. So,
0: yeah, you definitely were very consistent. We're putting the pressure on and you're, you're right that that does when you're able to, in those last couple of matches, have some good solid uh, fights you know, versus if you if you in your last two matches you go out and you win three and two or four and three and you're kinda of those last few holes of each match, you're kinda, of, you know, playing, you know, willy nilly out there and you don't come into that playoff sharp. That does kinda of make sense that and you're right, I hadn't thought about it like that. But we, we did have a very, very good match. I wanna say we were all square through the sixteen uh through the fifteenth hole. And uh yeah, that was and I, I do remember me telling you, like, I don't care if you're gonna be in the playoff or not, dude. I'm gonna take you I'm gonna take your butt down. Um, so let's, let's talk playoff because that's clearly the culmination of the whole weekend (laughs) for those who have not played in the Kong, for those who have not played in like a member guest, the way this works is the two or three guys that are in the playoff, all tee off on the same hole and everyone else, which in this case for us was another 30 guys gather around that first tee watching. I mean, one of the most nervous moments for most uh, golfers uh, would be making the playoff at the Kong. Now we normally have maybe you know 3 or 4 guys make the playoff but the last 2 years we've had such good records that only 2 guys were in it so you were squaring off against congregation rookie Jimmy London and um you know you knew you had a battle on your hands based on kind of some of the things that folks were saying about Jim and how well he played over the weekend because you hadn't got to square off against him in a prior match so you were coming into that blind but take me to the first tee kind of what was going through your head what um I I know that uh even though you were in contention you know you you like to have a good time so I know you're at least feeling pretty loose maybe more loose than the normal uh Kong playoff participant but just take take me to that first tee and what was going through your head
1: (laughs) A lot. So, um, you know, it was weird. Uh, I haven't been in that type of competition in a a long time. Um, Try to quiet the the thoughts and just really try to keep a a slow, smooth, um, functional, um, you know, hit the catcher's mitt swing and uh, get it down
0: into the fairway. Well, you uh, you definitely hit a a solid drive. Kind of leaked a little bit on you uh, over to the right now. Again, very fortunate. A wide first fairway. At Boiling Springs, and um, ultimately, the playoff goes, what, four holes. We went one, 18, one, and then ended up having to play number two because there was guys on the eighteen tee. And in near darkness, I I'm, I'm must say, what was the, in your mind, like the biggest moment of of the playoff? Yeah, so uh, I
1: think hole, I would have to say hole two would be the biggest um, so hole one, um, obviously we we both pushed with bogeys um, after a couple, you know, I guess decent wedges in and a couple, I think, could be uh, three putts. But um, hole two, I had, I pulled out the driver, hadn't been hitting that all that great. Um, I it Up to the right, and it's it's kind of open because that that hole kind of bleeds into another hole in the fairway. So I was concerned because he, the, uh, Mr. London man, this guy just, he's a machine off the tee box. So he's straight down the middle and I'm like, I got to put something close here. We did, we did the math and basically it was a six iron for me. And luckily enough, I had some good vibes of that club throughout the the weekend. So I felt good about that number and, and that club. And I hit actually pretty good shot. Um, I was left of the green slightly, but pin high, Um, you know, it really can't be, you know, for that play, that's probably the shots that I could hit. Um, so with that said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm needing some caddy assistance and, uh, you know, we're a short side of myself where we have like, I don't know what the downhill slope on that is. If you know, you you can chime in on that, but it's basically straight uphill. And then it basically has to roll over the, the fringe and then trickle down. And there's probably like 5% 5% chance that I get that up and down. Um, he hits one on. so he just basically has to two putt. And so I really have to put this on and close. So, um, I was between trying to chip it and use a putter. Um, very quickly we ruled out the chipper and, um,
0: <laughs> one thing yeah, we uh, haven't covered is you keep saying we, right. We, 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 better, you better, we haven't explained what we means. Yeah.
1: So, um, very quickly after i found out that i was in the uh, champions playoff holes i was like till um i need you on the bag you know wise veteran uh, good friend <laughs> to tell the truth what i need to hit um so you were you're aiding me in my uh, as a caddy and lugging a heavy uh, cart bag
0: Oh my gosh, dude. That thing was so heavy. That (laughs) That thing was, I was like, wow. Now I know why the caddies at Bandon Dunes, like have extra bags ready to go. Just like dump everybody's crap out of their huge bags and put them in a smaller bag. Yeah. That about killed me.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I I hit this shot. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not even going to get to the top of the hill. And then it just magically has a couple more rotations and then I can't even like it just paused and just dis, like disappeared on me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, is it stuck in the fringe? Is it, where is it at? And, um, then I start hearing these like cheers and, and like people are like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly tr- trickles. And it's basically, I almost made it actually. And So that was a tap in. So that was definitely memorable to keep it going. Um, and then we go to, um, the third playoff hole, kind the of same thing off the tee box. I pull up that trusty five wood now that I feel good, uh, you know, confident over the ball with. And I hit that thing pretty good. And it's just, I'm just slightly left of the fairway. I felt good. I'm like, all right, um, I'm probably about 107 in. I have a 50, I think it's my 52 degree um, wedge. And I'm like, if I, hit, if I try to hit this like, and I, and I miss, just some you know a bit handicapped or golf guy and I'm like, I can blade this, I could duff this. So what I've been doing throughout the week is in those types of numbers, I was just kind of doing like this kind of punchy wedge just to make sure I got good contact. And that moment I kind of pushed one right. It was it was a pretty walking up to it I was like, oh I'm in trouble here because you know I had to chip chip back and it's not the easiest chip, a kind of tight lie. Um again the chipping is where uh, a guy like me, I can, I can, I can lose it and lift the head and everything. So basically, you know, the thought process was get it on the green and we can deal with it from there. Um, So I hit it. I'm about 12 feet. Probably got to come back. So I think it's slightly uphill. And, um, I think he's already in with a, we gave him a putt. So he was only, I think about two footer in. And so I think he was in for par and, uh, Basically, at that point, I think everybody, all the fans, all my people, and um, you know, they they were like, "It's probably over." And uh, I consulted with Till, and we, we kind of came up with a game plan um, uh, about where to hit this ball. And um, I totally had it misread, um, and so I I think I might owe Till a couple bucks <laughs> for a cold a cold beverage sometime. Uh, but I just hit it, and I. I didn't really think much of it. i just like, I had to hit it pretty firm and just give it a shot. And boy, it went in. It just, I don't even feel like it went in very hard. I feel like it, when I was watching it, just barely went in. And so, you know, after that, I'm like, you know, Ryder cup cheers. And I'm like, let's go and like <laughs> hype train. And like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> it was, it was pretty wild and, and it was getting dark. And so, um, I'm just like, you know, follow the crowd basically. And I'm like getting high fives from everybody. And, you know, so we go to, uh, the fourth playoff hole and we, I think it's number two, right? So number two, short dog leg, right. And we're playing off the 18 tee box, correct? Yep. And I played this hole great both days. I'm like, this is perfect because the second day we played it from, it was very short. And so all I have to do is, well, first I see him go up there and he gets a driver out i'm like that's good for me because it's a very short hole so and it's it, it kind of dog legs you can get in trouble left and right there's a bunker um so he he, he kind of he pulls one left into the the junk and i'm like oh this is easy i got him i pull up a five iron I'm, I'm like i smoke a five iron i'm like inside 100 i think i'm 60 yards and i'm like okay all i gotta do is basically put this <laughs> put this in the middle of the green and get out of here and uh i i had a little bit of adrenaline rush and um I, I flew it over i not that bad i just it was kind of in a funky situation because there's like a um a cart trail that kind of goes through there so so basically the, the thought process on that chip was do not duck this do not duck this do not duck this and um, just kind of commit to it i just chipped it up on the fringe um putted almost almost made it, it wasn't ter- it wasn't the best putt but it was inside uh, enough
0: to just, you know, basically kick in and, and um, go pick up the green jacket. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was wild, man. Uh, when it, something goes four holes, there's a lot that happens. And and yeah, you, you stepped up and did exactly what I told you to do at least three times that I could think of and just, you know, complete execution and, and really, really took it home. And you're right. Once once his t ball went went left in the junk, it's like okay, we, we, we have this thing. So he he played great, uh, but you uh, were able he to did. make very a very player. You were able to make a few more plays, as it was uh, just like our Sooners yeah. down in Dallas uh, to get it done uh, this That's weekend. Right. But um, now now many I'm gonna, I'm going to leave you with this, Jeff. M- many people many people are asking, will you be reviving? The Kong Champions Dinner—the the last couple of champions who will remain unnamed, even though we all know who they are—they they have let the tradition slip. It's a complete disgrace that the, the the people are asking Jeff: Will there be a Congregation Champions Dinner in 2024?
1: I think there has to be, uh, this too, it's too good of a time, um, amongst the people, you know, and, and I, I've, I've been yearning to be in that group <laughs> for many years. So all those guys are past winners. They're all really good guys. And, you know, I think it's just, um, scheduling and making it, putting it on the counter and get everybody there and if not everybody can make it at least we can get some of the, the, the past winners on there and we can all, you know, break bread and, and have some good stories. So,
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, sir, the, the green jacket is literally on order. I got confirmation email today. It is being shipped to us. So I will be personally delivering that along with the newly etched congregation championship trophy. Jeff, thanks for giving us some time. Congrats again on the win. And I can't wait to get out and play some casual golf with you and, and relive the whole thing one more time. I appreciate it. Jeff Heiliger, folks. We call him Cliff Kingsbury for a reason. I know this is a, uh, is not a visual medium, but just a handsome devil as handsome devils go. And I will say, his his, his recollection is a little foggy. There were some things that uh, I'll leave it to the imagination, but I, you, know, you get in that situation, you kind of go into a blackout mode and don't remember everything quite as it happened. Uh, but he hit the highlights for sure. And I can't wait to uh, to be eating a steak on on the Jeff Heiliger tab come 2024 and reviving that Champions Dinner going to be a lot of fun. Another guy that I know wants to get into that heady, heady, heady Green Jacket Club is our guy, Darren Reed. Darren, at this point, you know, we may have to anoint you co-host of the program. Uh, Welcome back on pod, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. I don't even know where we start. You know, I, I really wasn't sure. Anytime you get a first-time uh, interviewee, as you've experienced on the pod, you don't know what you're going to get. We're, we're 30 minutes in here. I wasn't sure if I would get, you know, seven minutes out of Jeff or if I would get uh, an hour. So, um, you know, we we got a lot to cover. I know, you, I know you came in on the the last of that interview and heard a little bit of it. But um, you know, first of all, just give me your thoughts on, on Heiliger as the champ.
2: Yeah, um, you know, biggest thing I want to touch on is the actual playoff itself. You know, I was devastated to hear that it was only going to be a a, a two man. You know, I was really hoping for for four, five. Crazy playoff, but once I heard it was two, I was like, "Oh man, this could be this could be in one hole." You know, for for my first Kong to be one hole playoff, like you know that that's only three beers to like during. That's only that's (laughs) only three beers watch during that during that one hole of watching. You know, and so when I was able when when we made it to four holes, like I couldn't have been more thrilled for the result of you know it it was way darker than 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 our cameras were were showing, like way darker. So. I don't know. I just, I was blown away. I, it was just electric out there. Every shot was on pins and needles. It was, it was an amazing experience from from my first uh, Kong for sure for for the playoff.
0: Well, talking about your first Kong, I mean, I definitely want your impressions and you know, you, you can, you can take the kid gloves off with me. You're not going to hurt my feelings either way, but as a first time participant uh, give folks a little bit of uh, a flavor for what you experienced and uh, you know, just takeaways from the, from the weekend.
2: Yeah, well, how much I I love uh, Boiling Springs it goes without saying, but we could have done this this uh, tournament at Pebble Creek, but 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 if you're running it, I mean, it's going to be good. So ha- first off, hats off to you. I I've been to a lot of golf trips and um a a lot of high stakes little little weekends and stuff like stuff like that, but this it couldn't have been ran better. It was an absolute blast. Everything was so organized all the food and all the events and every, everything on the side uh, other than just the actual golf itself was incredible. And so, you know, as, as it being my, my first year, like I I have to find a way to go back every year. I mean, it was, it was the most fun that I've had in a weekend of golf um, that I, that I could have possibly uh, thought of, but, and then for it to be boiling Springs on top of that is just um, truly unbelievable. I mean, they hands down, they, they shut down as much as they could for us and hats off to, uh, to Jeff and the whole staff. They, it, it felt like they had 90 people working out there, but it was probably six, you know, um, they were just all over the place and, um, they were just, so they were there for us and I, I could tell, and it was truly a, a special treat,
0: man. I got to echo that. Like the stuff that Jeff Wagner, Hannah, his wife, Ivan Solis, who both was a participant in the Kong and, and kind of mowing the greens in the morning, of uh, the, the ladies that were working the clubhouse, you know, putting up with a variety of, 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 of orders and things of that nature. You know, down to Buddy Cooper and the barbecue trailer. I mean, it, just every single thing, these folks absolutely sell out for us on Congregation Weekend. And the hilarious thing to me, D, is... You know, the text that I get on that Monday morning after where it's like we have the post Kong blues like we're already counting down till next year. It's like all they're doing is
2: working their butts off like we're the ones having fun and they're the ones who miss it more than any of us. Yeah. You just don't hear anything like that. And it'd be a shame if I don't mention, if I don't echo, uh, sir, buddy Cooper. Um, he, he brought me into his, his trailer and showed me where the magic was, where, where the magic was being made. And I just, I can tell the, the amount of love that is put into that food and it shows. And I just, I was blown away. I mean, of course I had no idea what to expect for the food and I was just absolutely blown, blown away by it. Well, let's talk a little bit about the golf itself, man, like kind of, um, I don't
0: know if we. I don't know if we want to do sort of MVPs. I don't know if it's like most, uh, not necessarily most improved, but most outstanding player because that can mean a lot of things. I don't know if it, we want to go down the road of wow, this guy wowed me. Didn't expect that. Uh, you know, certainly we have to uh, always call folks into question on their handicaps if there's any of that that needs to be discussed. We can take it wherever we want, man. I put it in the notes like this is a basically a, cho- a Tron and Randy chop session at this point. We we leave no stone unturned.
2: Yeah, man. I uh I, I got to play with so many people that I had never met in the past. And um, you know, I could talk to uh to a stick in the mud and it it and it, it would still work out. And so um, you know, immediate shout out goes to uh to Casey Cornette and uh Justin Vink, like um you know casey is a generational driver of the golf ball he's using a Titleist 913 i swung it one time just for shits and kicks and i think it had 12,000 rpm like i don't understand how he gets that ball out there just absolute i i I haven't stopped thinking about it like like i go to bed at night and i'm like how does casey hit that 913 like that he's in it like a it's like a tsr3 kind of spin and i just and I, I can't figure it out. It's blown my mind ever since then. Uh, Justin Vanes, I don't know how old he is, but he swings it like a twenty-two-year-old. Um, I mean, I just, I was, I was blown away by, by some of the talent. Like, just absolutely, absolutely blown away. Yeah, I mean, Jeff mentioned it in his interview.
0: the The talent level at the Kong has really transpired in a in a positive way over the last decade. And I said both from you know the obvious of bringing in. Uh, and making friends with guys who are a low caps. But also, I feel like a lot of the other guys have really stepped up their games. Uh, I can tell you the one time that I played with Jim London down at Dornick Hills, uh, I did not see what I saw last weekend. And you and I both got to experience that firsthand. I mean, Jimmy took both of us out, and like the little lads we are, he, he kind of spanked us around like it was oh, yeah. 1975.
2: Yeah, yeah, like he like made us pick like which like which belt he was spanking us with, and like out behind the shed, like it wasn't even close. Like it was, it was, it was very impressive. I mean, he he was out there uh, in our match in, like all black, and he was like the like the like grim the the, uh, the uh, grim reaper. I mean, just it was it was unbelievable. And he was, you know, he's 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 a little bit of an older guy. You know, I, I don't know exact know exactly how old he is, but it, he he smothers it for for his for his age.
0: Now, now the question I had to ask you is. Is he an older guy, or is he a cyborg? Because I swear that for the 18 holes that I play with him and the four holes that I watched him in the playoff against Heiliger, I only saw him miss one fairway, and that was in the very last hole of
2: the proceedings.
0: Uh, is he a robot is my
2: question. Uh that's that's a very good question. I, I I have to answer that with with a question, could he make a LPGA cut? Like I I you know that's where we're that's where we're at in this because that dude doesn't miss fairways. And we know about that, about women's golf that'll miss fairways. And so I feel like he's he's right in that zone of just it could be it could be a ten yard fairway and and he's 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 in a perfect lie. I mean you know?
0: you know you remember the scene from Star Wars the original where they're in the trash compactor and like it just keeps squeezing and squeezing. It's like he applies the pressure, man, because every time he's in the fairway. And when when you got a guy, they're playing against certainly a match play, where you know you want to you want to play well and beat people, but at the same time you know give me a hole off here, right? Like let me just win one with a with a with a comfy par. Not yes, not Jimmy. You know, I mean, I feel like Han Solo scrambling up the sides of this thing, <laughs> trying to get out, and he was just no. bones are
2: crushing in. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, yes. it was it was a complete uh, trash compactor situation when, when Jimmy there got was, a hold There was there was a moment where I thought, do we need a a Vaseline check, like like on the on the driver face, like like I didn't know if he was getting chapstick out there. You know, I've 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 heard of those things. You know, I've never seen it, but you you just hear those things, and so later in retrospect, are you like, how how is he doing this?
0: I uh, to- totally agree. I think a lot of others would as well. We probably got to talk uh, some Mia Culpas, right? We did, we, you were nice enough to join us, uh, Keith and I, the founder, for our preview pod. We had some takes uh, on scouting reports, if you will. We then got to some predictions. Uh, I'm going to be the first one to put my hand up and talk Seth DeHart. Our man, Seth DeHart, from, from down in Chickasha, I, I said on the podcast, is... Is that one handicap, or maybe even maybe point one handicap, is that vanity? I, I said I do not remember him being that good. I heard reports all weekend of Seth shooting the most easy-looking two under par for nine holes that you could possibly wow. imagine. On, on Sunday, I got to experience it myself in kind of a hit-and-giggle game that we had going. I, I, I hand up, I have to apologize to Seth I have to apologize on behalf of this podcast because, because we had it wrong, and and Seth played great. I feel like for as well as he played, he should have been in that playoff, but I think he had a, had a few guys that uh, maybe he couldn't shake the pops free from.
2: I think it was whole – oh, I think – Four on on our Sunday game, you know the extra golf because we, you know the the eighty four holes wasn't enough, and so especially if you're at boiling, you it's, it's never is one's one's never enough, you know. Neither is eighty four, and so um, I I asked him after he he just laced a, a four iron onto the green from two eighty or whatever it was, you know. We're, we're 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 on the podcast, so we can say anything, but um, <laughs> I uh, I I said so, which college did you play at? And he, he looks at me like I'm, like I'm an idiot. I'm like, he was like, well, college? I'm like, yeah. He's like, no, I just I I went to school at OSU. I'm like, D- like did you walk on? Like, I, I mean... I- I couldn't believe how good that this guy was, and then and then he told me, he, you know, I play at the territory, and I started to piece that together because you know that's a big boy ballpark and everything. But I was blown away by his game, and then um, I, we 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 might have to get into his his joke that he it wasn't a joke turned out to be a joke, but <laughs> I I have I have yet to stop thinking about what he said to me uh, during I, that l- run.
0: Let me let me let me take it over here. So uh, we were uh, first of all, yes, we can say anything on podcast, but you're you're talking about number five, not number. <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, second of all, it was on the 6T where, for some reason, I don't know how age came up, but you looked over at Seth and and said, "Oh, really? Like, well, how how old do you think I am?" And he looked at you and he's like, "You knew the number that he was going to say was lower than what he originally thought because he was trying to like because you asked, he knew it there was a he, it was younger, and he said, and he says 36." And, like, he felt confident about the 36 because he thought he was undershooting. And I'll never forget the look on his face, your face, the other people in the group's face when you're, like, just turned 26.
2: And I, I mean... I don't think I've laughed harder. It's been years. I mean, I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital because he was so serious and he was being, he wasn't trying to be mean or anything. It was just like what he thought. And it was just, it was just so perfect. The, the, the whole timing of it. I haven't stopped thinking about it personally. And and we've made a continuance of jokes off of that one joke. And it's just been, oh, it's been the absolute best time. I just, oh, I was laughing so hard, but, but yes, you're completely right about his game. Unbelievable golfer. I don't know how he didn't go undefeated. I mean, he, I mean, serious, serious level, level of play for him.
0: What else, then, from the preview pod, things we want to address? I suppose we could get into our uh, who we pick to win, who we picked to not win. Uh, frankly, I had to go back and ask you guys because I had forgot. I, I show that uh, Keith had Scott to not win. That ended up being an, an easy call because Scott didn't make it to the, uh, the starting gate. Uh, you had, um, I believe, yourself to not win, which I was totally scolded by Justin Hoppick for allowing you to pick yourself to not win. Disgrace there, although it did come true. Um, mm-hmm. I had Justin Hopick himself to not win, which I think was the most controversial of all the picks. Keith basically looked at me like I was an idiot. Hopp didn't even make the playoff. So again, we we all came through there. Now on the other side of things... Uh, Keith had Reagan Smith to win. Uh, he got taken down by our guy, Mark Marion in the very first, uh, match, you know, shout out to Mark. Uh, so he went down in flames and then, uh, a guy that we both felt great about, you ended up picking him to win, uh, Charlie Ronan. I, I don't even remember. It was Charlie kind of a middle of the road finisher.
2: Yeah. Sir, Sir Chuck was middle of the road. You know, he's, he's moving. He, he, he recently got engaged. I mean, he's got a lot, a lot going on. We didn't look at, we didn't look in, into all that, that we should have. I mean, I should have done my, my uh, due diligence on that. You know, I just play with him a lot and um, you know, playing, playing some really good golf. Um, you know, you, we were talking about Reagan there. I mean, he had some tough matches, you know, he, you know, while he's, while he's hitting lob wedges over greens from, from, from tee boxes, you know, we're just, <laughs> it's, it doesn't suit him as much as you know, like a Beth page Blackwood, of course, of course. But, um, you know, he, he had to play Bryce Newton and, we, you know, we haven't mentioned him yet, but I mean, I think a collectively 13 under par, uh, uh, whatever it was, I mean, that, I mean, you're running into a bone saw, but of course, Bryce had to play, play Sir London, which good luck. You, you know, you, you, you're out to lunch, you know, just go ahead and
0: take a lap. Absolutely. I mean, if, once you square off against uh Sir Jimmy London, it's, it's deuces, man. Cause he is, he's been knighted, he's been
2: knighted by, by, by now,
0: correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He flew okay. over. We actually flew him over on the, uh, on the Kong account, the YSO account to make sure that uh, King Charles went ahead and, and did the sword there on both shoulders, and so he is. Shout out uh, Tim, high cut, yeah. Shout out to Tim, of course. Turbo, I think that I am most proud of uh, the way that everybody vibed, absolute vibes all weekend. We had, we had no controversies, to my knowledge. We had no uh, ill feelings towards uh, any members of, of the Kong this year. I I, th- I was I was very very proud of that. If if anything, if anything my high anxiety and my uh, stress levels created a few lashings of the out. And so if anything, I, I was the one, you know, doling out the, the,
2: the, the cold water. But I-, I think the vibes were uh, all-time high it was an absolute vibe off, you know, people vibing their whole faces off. I especially was, um, and you know, back to what you were saying, you, I I, th- I think there was a point where, you know, I've been told this in retrospect, of course, I don't, I don't fully um, re- recall what was said, but I, I said, Hey, like, how can, how can I help you? Because, you know, I, I, I wanted you to have a good time. And I think what somebody told me is you, you told me, you basically told me, well, just, just sit over there and have a good time. Like you were that much on it. And so, but yes, Vibes were immaculate. I I couldn't have you know I I only knew probably seven or eight of the guys on a, on a decent level, and I met all uh, most of the guys on, on a deeper level that I had never met before, and it was all of it was so great. I mean, everybody would couldn't have been a a more fun time, more accepting of of complete strangers in the life, and just and just enjoying the the Akong and, and and enjoying and enjoying boiling springs. Well, you're absolutely right. People were vibing their
0: entire faces off, and I, I will say that the the cherry on the vibes Sunday was our man Doug Lair, who was the very grateful winner of the very um, robust what would we say Calcutta pot uh, by having Jeff Heiliger and stand up guy. He caddied for Jimmy London in the playoff, knowing that he had Jeff Heiliger in the Calcutta. And absolutely caddied his face off for his bestie, Jimmy London. Uh, but nonetheless, took home the Calcutta pot. But the, the the thing that was the chair on the Sunday donates back a significant portion of that pot to Jeff Wagner and the first green program at Boiling Springs. Again, getting kids out to the golf course, into golf, learning about ag- agronomy practices and the like. It, we, we absolutely have to shout out
2: Doug Lair absolute gem of a human, just, uh, just the kind of soul. Um, you know, I've been, I've been lucky enough to have been around him a couple of times. He's always the first one to, to invite somebody somewhere or try and, uh, and talk to you about something that, that, that you're passionate about. I don't know. I've just, uh, he just, he, he's, he's blown me away. He's just, he's such a good dude. And, you know, for, for him, for him to, to win the, the uh, Calcutta, I was pumped for him. And, um, just everything that he did after that, just a true gentleman.
0: 're being very um, very noble, sir, because uh, unfortunately you were on the other side of that Calcutta pot had had our man Sir Jimmy London got it done, it would have put some extra some extra jingle in in the Reed household pocket and probably mom, if you're listening, probably go ahead and put the earmuffs up. It would have resulted in a, in a relatively wild Saturday night. so probably good for all involved. So let's be honest. like you wouldn't have come home with any of that money anyway.
2: Yeah. It was already spent. Um, I was already imagining like, like what it would take to clear out boiling's cooler, like to clear it out (laughs) and to tell the the whole Kong, like, we're not leaving, like we're not leaving until this is done. Um, and so money was already spent, you know? And and, and so I'm glad that, you you know, the, the, the money's going to a better place than to where it would have been going. Um, so I, you know, it all, all is right in the world, you know, but, um, it, it was a tough moment for me. It was ups and downs. I, I think I was running around the golf course. Um, whenever um, you know, Jeff's Jeff's put off the green was going in or his twenty-footer uh triple breaker, you know, back of the cup. Like I like my, my my emotions were so high. And at some point I should have just sold Jimmy um to to anybody else who who would have taken him just so I could stop with my heartache because I I physically couldn't take it. I mean, I was I was so uh, just up and down. I it was just I've never been a part of anything like that. I just I I can't even it's hard to describe. Have it slept, but it's all good. Well, you handled it like an absolute
0: the graceful human that you are. So so good on you there. I guess I mean, any other like cutting room floor kind of stuff with the Kong, you know, we've 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 covered obviously a fair amount. We've, we've, we've mentioned a, a lot of folks uh, um, you know, I will say one little bit of a downer. We did have some, some guys that had to, to drop out last minute uh, for, uh, for very serious personal reasons. And so want to want, do want to shout out Scotty Gers. Uh, Zach McGill, just to name two, that uh, going through some 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 big time personal struggles, and so I want to to give our our thoughts and our prayers and the good vibes to those two guys. Uh, they were absolutely crushed. I can assure you that they weren't able to be there last weekend. But uh, what what else, Darren? Any other you know uh, potpourri, miscellaneous?
2: Yeah, um, you know I. I, I, again, want to shout out Jeff, you know, the golf course could, couldn't have played better. You know, um, the greens were perfect. It's, it's been so hot and everything. And if, for them to test to pass and the pin location, was having us in and the, the, the moving of the tee boxes, you know, moving tee boxes in between rounds on the Saturday day, I was just, just a class act. And I just, you know, I've, I, I've I don't think I've very I don't think I've met many people that are more passionate about others having a good time on something that he loves. Um and I just, you know, I and, and I felt the way the the same way about Ivan. Um when I played with him, I was just um I I was so I was so shocked to to like he was so thrilled that I loved it and it made me love it more because he was he was so happy that I was enjoying it. And it was just, I don't know. It was just, it was magical time. Yeah. And uh, something else that I want to talk about is the Sunday game. You know, we, we wake up to watch the, the almost comeback of the Ryder cup on that Sunday morning. Um As soon as we realized that it was no longer, we decided to go launch them again Um, because 18 is not enough and neither is 84. Um, And so uh we are on the, on the practice screen and we're talking about format of what we're getting ready to, to play this five some in. And I hear, you know, alt shot and I hear, um, you know, four ball. And I'm like, hold on a second. I want every golf shot that I could have out here. You know, it's, my favorite golf course so i want to try and hit every golf shot but you know we we, we had the old uh, reach across the the aisle um and um we came up with, with a format that was happy for everybody and you know i'm i'm a big compromiser so of course you know I'm i'm gonna go do that couldn't have been more enjoyable i mean it the format was was perfect and i and that that round was one of the most fun rounds that i've had in recent history for me i agree I will
0: say another Mia culpa, very personal one. I've, I've got to remember to start having fun at the Kong a long time before I actually do. I think I looked over at John Zimmerman on Saturday afternoon. He was my cart partner. I finally broke down and, and took a cart after walking 36, um, and told him, man, I just, I gotta, I gotta figure out a way to, to get to the having fun part a lot quicker. And the Sunday was definitely kind of the, the balm on the, uh, on the wound because, um, it was a great vibe. Yeah, the format was fun. And the weather was really was really great and um in the company. I think we ended up having
2: a seven-some when all was said and done. Again, only We were getting a drinks. a a couple, you know, locals weren't weren't thrilled about it, but you know, that that's just going to happen. You know, that's going to happen, but you know, they 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 were trying to keep up with us and it was we were playing quick, you know. Totally agree.
0: Totally agree. Well, you mentioned Ryder Cup. I, I, I can't let a, a pod... You know, We took the week off last week from the pod. I, I certainly can't let the Ryder Cup come and go without a little Ryder Cup talk. Uh, the United States, for those who happen to miss it, I can't imagine that you did, got waxed 16.5 to 11.5 by my European squad, led by Ludwig A. Berg and Victor Hovland, among others, a absolute, you know, just a streak that may never end. That being the United States team not being able to win over in Europe. I guess give me uh, one takeaway. We didn't get to watch a ton between traveling to Boiling Springs, playing a lot of golf. We did, as you mentioned, get up and get over and had a little bit of a biscuits, biscuits and gravy buffet watch party. But um, I, I, know, I know you're a huge U.S. guy, and I got to ask you, you how are you going to get these these guys to to go over across the pond and, and win one of these someday?
2: Uh, I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime, you know. But that's just the that's just the reality that I'm living with. But you well, know, you Luke you are
0: Donald, you are seventy six, so you only have a few years left.
2: That is true. That is true. Uh, Luke Donald, absolute absolute masterclass of a of a captaincy over ZJ. You know, nothing wrong with with a ZJ, but. Luke just absolutely knocked it out of the park. Um, I, I keep on reading all these things about um, these personalized videos for, for, for motivational uh, stuff for the team. I don't know, just so many things. Um, I just, I was blown away by, by the absolute. Um, different feelings of, of those two, of those two captains during the whole event couldn't it, it just, and maybe that that was the absolute difference. It's, it's frankly inexplicable, and obviously different podcasts,
0: including our own, have to fill time to talk about, you know, what's going on, how could this happen, but the, the bottom line is, it's just completely inexplicable how the U.S., who, if you kind of put golfer versus golfer, are the more talented team, consistently are beat up by the Europeans when they go across and play in Europe and so uh, I, I was certainly proud of my squad. I, I stand with uh, with Ludwig. He had a, had a great first Ryder Cup, finished two and two, including the largest win in Ryder Cup history. He and Vic put it on Morikawa, and uh, I believe it was Schaffle in a kind of interesting pairing. But um, again, sixteen and a half to eleven and a half. The Ryder Cup will go away for two years before resurfacing at the aforementioned Beth Page State Park. The Black Horse will host in twenty twenty five. It will be a raucous, raucous atmosphere with those rowdy New York fans. But they're gonna keep
2: receipts for sure. They're gonna be there there might be a there might be a a a couple toss outs. I mean we we don't know where this could, could get to in, in, in at Beth Page. And then another piece of drama a couple pieces of drama From
0: the Ryder Cup. Supposedly, allegedly, very allegedly, uh, the U.S. team has a couple guys on it that are demanding to be paid. Uh, Very allegedly, Patrick Cantlay protested by not wearing his hat. He categorically categorically denied that. It made for quite the scene on Saturday with the guys uh, waving their hats at him. Joe LaCava, after Patrick Cantlay drains a 35-foot putt to win his four-ball four match against Rory um, starts going around the green, waving his hat, tempers flare. I mean, golfers are the, like the weakest tough guys in the history of the world. And for these guys to think they were getting all swole kind of kind of made me chuckle when I was watching a bit of his videos. But I- any takes on any of the, the Cantlay stuff, the, the Joe LaCava stuff, you know, hats off to him, of course.
2: You know, Joey, just absolute big dogs anybody around him so for, for him to go out there I, I respect the hell out of that I mean go ahead you do you sick uh can'tley I don't think it was a I don't think it was a protest he had a wedding on Monday no he wanted no hat tan line it was hot out there I res- I respect that more than anything he wanted no hat tan line his <laughs> wife was pumped I mean wh- I I know exactly why why he wore the no hat it was it was for the, it was for those good wedding photos and I respect that that's a great take. That's a great take. He should have just said in the press conference, "Look, I
0: didn't want to talk about this, but my wife said you may not wear a hat all weekend because we got to even out that fluorescent forehead that you've had going for several years." That's a that's a great take, Darren. That's why we bring you on this podcast to be a regular now regular contributor. is for takes like that. It was it was all about the tan. Like he wanted to avoid the Stu sink wedding pictures. Is really really what it was all about. <laughs> Uh, okay. Ryder cup in the books again, didn't not going to do a deep dive pre, uh, recap there when you, until the Americans went over there, it's not even worth talking about. No. I, I do want to talk about just very briefly. We're over the one hour mark now, but we talk a lot about the corn Ferry tour. Cause we have a lot of guys that are both local or guys we've grown to love, uh, from some good local play that, uh, are, are going on and receiving their PGA tour cards, for those not familiar with the Corn Ferry process, uh, at the end of their tour championship, the 30 guys at the top of their points rankings uh, receive status as PGA Tour members for the 2024 season. So I want to do a few shout-outs here, Darren. I, I want to shout out uh, who I would consider local guys. We got Chris Goderup. He makes it through. Uh, really had a great second half of the season to get there. Sooner, if not born certainly if not bred uh, by uh, by, by, uh, by relocation, if you will. Uh, Kevin Darty, a guy who played at OSU, graduated in 2014, has spent a lot of time fighting to get to the PGA Tour. He gets it done. So there, there's two local guys, but then at the beginning of the year, and Darren, I don't even know if you were aware of this, we did what we called golfer fan clubs, right? Golf, YSO golf fan clubs. And we had everybody pick a PGA tour guy and a KFT guy to ride for. And so I want to, I want to give a shout out to our man, Schmitty Reagan Smith. He picked Chandler Phillips as who he was going to be the president of the fan club. Great mustache. Uh, he goes on to finish in the top 10 of the corn Ferry tour standings. Also got a shout out. Our man, Luke Hobbs. He was riding hard for Josh Teeter in his fan club. Josh Teeter is now a PGA tour member coming into 2024. So uh, a lot happened there, um, but wanted to, to go through a few names.
2: I think we were going to need to pause really fast. I, uh, you know, I've been listening to this podcast for, for a long time and, uh, you know, we're all about accountability. You know, the, the, is it the year of accountability is this year? I'm pretty, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, but I, I think we, we, uh, we are owed an apology, um, on the air to get it, to get it set in the stone. Um, you know, if, if, if you want to fire that up about Mr. Mr. Logan, like I, I just, I, I would love to hear something. Logie Mac.
0: Um, well, I, I think we we all know Logan Mac your favorite podcast.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go number one. You're still out.
0: And because of that, we ride hard for the guy. But I, I will apologize. I, th- I think at one point this season, he had finished in the top ten in three out of far, four. Excuse me, three out of four starts over the summer. He that had cl- he had climbed up into the top ten in the Corn Fairy points standings. Again, top thirty. Make it. Onto the PGA Tour, and because hashtag golf, he goes on to finish the season missing six of his last eight in terms of missed cuts in his last eight events, six of eight, and plummeted to the forty fourth spot. Logie, I'm sure you're listening. Maybe not this late in the podcast. It was heartbreaking. I, I was, I was every week. I would check the leaderboard and. MC, MC, MC. It was was, was heartbreaking. Now, the only silver lining for me is this means he'll be teeing it up again next year at the Corn Ferry stop in Norman, the Compliance Solutions. So a little silver lining there. But I thought it was going to be straight out of school, one year on the KFT, onto the PGA Tour. So yes, I will apologize. We will regroup. We will lock it up a lot earlier in 2024. This much I can assure you. I've already texted him to say, let's go get him in 2024.
2: Yeah. He'll be back. You know, I always, you know, I'm, I'm a big Oklahoma guy, you know, uh, I'm a big OU fan, but, and, and of course, you know, um, always rooting for the OU guys. And even though it was you guys, you know, just, just Oklahoma in general, but, um, he'll be back. He has the, he has the whole game for it. Um, he'll be perfectly fine. Uh, just a quick shout out, uh, to Mr. Goddard up. Um, there's a, there's a video posted by the corn Ferry tour, um, of, of him with his family after that he, he, uh, he, he he earned his card uh you, you everybody needs to go watch that just uh warms your heart you know just somebody who's who's worked really hard and, you know grad transfer you know no 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 velcro on the glove you know all the things and so uh i just wanted to shout that out really fast but yeah um logan he will be back no doubt no doubt
0: well, man, I think we got to cut it off. I mean, Keith's not going to allow for megapod status. I mean, he's not paying those kind of bills. We we don't get paid overtime on this pod. We go over an hour, and uh, Keith kind of cuts off the time clock. We're, we're exempt staff here. We're not earning any overtime. So, so uh, Dad, really appreciate you jumping on with me. Uh, it's always fun to talk golf, certainly when we get to talk about something we're very, very passionate about, that being the Kong and Boiling Springs. Folks, you know, I think for the last like three months on this podcast, we've been saying something to the effect of cooler weather is almost here. And then it never happened. Cooler weather's almost here. And then it never happened. Folks, we have arrived. It is officially fall weather. I woke up this morning, uh, I believe to 47 degrees on the thermometer. It was an absolutely beautiful morning to get outside and enjoy the walk.